0: Good morning. All right, to get going today, everyone should have received an index card. Did you receive one? If you did not receive one, make sure you raise your hand. And at this time, I've got my uh, little boys, my teenage boy, who will walk around and help. And uh, just make sure you keep your hand up. There's some up here in the front. Now, here's what I'm going to want you to do with this throughout the lesson. Throughout the lesson, you're going to answer... Three questions on one side of your card, okay? Some of you have already thought, "Man, that's a good place to put chewing gum while I sing." No, it is not. Under the pew is a better place to put you. Don't do that. Be the last time I get invited, right? Don't do that. The elders are in here. I'm just kidding, just kidding. Don't do it. All right. So anyhow, what you're going to do is you're going to on one side of this card, you're going to answer not those questions. Those questions, okay? You answer those questions right there. This comes into play throughout the lesson, so if you choose not to participate, then you're choosing to kind of get less out of the lesson, because it's going to be a really awesome lesson, okay? Some of you are like, we don't even know you, how can you brag on your own lesson, right? I say that in tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek. Anyhow, it is good to be with you. Thank you to the committee for allowing me the opportunity to come back and I want to thank the eldership for entrusting me with this opportunity. Every chance we get to come back to Yes Weekend, it's a fulfillment of what is supposed to be in my, my family's year. It seems like we've been coming for a long time, and, and I've had the opportunity to see some of you grow from young, young kids up until your teenage years, and some of you even out of high school. Uh, I've even had the opportunity to see some of the youth committee grow up, and some of them are still trying, apparently. I'm not real sure. But it's good to be with you, good to laugh with you, good to joke with you. I have fun studying God's Word, so if you don't have fun today, that's going to be on you. That's not going to be on me. What we do here today is very serious, but that doesn't mean that we can't enjoy it. And so I'm going to invite you to go on this journey with me for the next 30 minutes. Let's go to our Father in prayer, and then we're going to get right into it. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you today for blessing us with this awesome opportunity To be here today, Lord, that we always talk about there's other places that we could have been. Lord, thank you for not letting those other places distract us from what's most important. Heavenly Father, I pray that in all of our lives that we would elevate you and elevate your church and elevate worship to you above these hobbies that we sometimes think are so, so critical to our development but don't mean a thing in eternity. Heavenly Father, help us to be wholly devoted to you. Not be distracted in this life. Lord, I pray today you're glorified. And I pray today that I stay out of your ways. In Jesus' name we all pray today. Amen. Amen. I am glad to to be able to speak on this particular subject today. But I've got to tell you that as I approach the subject of I don't care about purity, I've got to tell you something. That the first thing that came to my mind was, yes, you do. Obviously, individuals who will... uh, say that they don't care we would all agree that there's something that that has uh, compelled them or or something that has has twisted them to the point of saying that but here's here's my basis you ready for this I believe everybody cares I just don't believe everybody cares to the same extent in other words everybody has a line but that line's not the same for everybody I have something here that I want to show to you it's a uh uh, a fine dining, what the French might call Snickers, right? A Snickers bar. And some of you would look at this and say, man, I don't like chocolate, I don't like Snickers, so therefore that's nothing for me. Great, then I'm not talking to you right now. But some of you, when I just said the word Snickers, you immediately started having these fantasies of what you could do with ice cream or milkshakes or, or just even a Snickers bar in and of itself. And some of you even got fancy And you thought in your mind, you know, you can even buy those in the ice cream bar section, right? And then you said, but I'm a teenager, so I don't spend my own money. My parents could buy it in the ice cream section, right? That's right. Now, here's the deal, though. It is wrapped up. And right now, as it is wrapped up, there are some of you who believe that because it is fully wrapped, that it is okay to eat. And the reason you're going to come to that conclusion is because the seal has not been broken, I want to propose something to you, though. I believe that even though that seal has not been broken, that some of you have questions about where it comes from. And you have questions about who handled it, putting it into the package. And some of you said, no, it was put there by a machine. And then you're going, wait a minute, did they get all the bacteria off the machine? You're like, some people think that way, right? But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to break the seal. Okay, I have broken the seal of the snicker bar. And some of you are still saying, I don't care. I'm going to eat it anyway, given the opportunity. Right? It doesn't matter what has happened. Here's what I'm going to do, though. Watch this. You ready? Watch this. Some of you will be like, this is it. I am not doing anything with that anymore. Sweet lady back there's jaw hit the floor when I did that. I can't believe a Snickers bar. But some of you are like, I don't care, man. Five-second rule, right? We've got rules in America. That will allow the purity of that Snicker bar to be maintained, and even if it's not pure anymore, even if there is a little dirt, here's what you'll do, <sniffs> right? That's what you'll do, and then you'll put it in your mouth and you'll still eat it, right? I learned something on the drive down here. My family, we've got a uh, we've got a cool family. I love my family. Erin is here with me. She'll be leading one of the the let's start talking sections and. You saw my boys pass out a card. We've got a beautiful teenage daughter, Michaela. Beautiful red hair. Uh, I love my family, but sometimes our discussions are quite interesting. And on the way down here, I learned that, that in Austria, back in the day, whenever that was, right, I even asked what year was it, and we didn't figure that out. But there was a tradition that if a lady wanted a guy to court her, this is no joke. She would get all dolled up and they would go to the ball or whatever they would go to in Austria. And here's what she would do. You ready for this? She would take an apple slice, not a whole apple, an apple slice and she would put it in her armpit. And then she would go throughout the night with the guy and then if she at the end of the night decided that she wanted that guy to start courting her. You know what the custom was at that time in Austria? She would take that apple slice out from her armpit and offer it to her potential beau. If he received and reciprocated that feeling, he would look at that apple slice and take a big old bite out of it. After it came out of her armpit. Now, this was only in my armpit for about 30 seconds. Some of you are like, Joe, that is it. I am not eating it. It has become impure. And then some of you are thinking this right here. I know there's a junior high kid here thinking this. Yeah, but I trust that his clothes were clean. I trust he showered today. It may smell like Arm and Hammer, but it tastes like chocolate going down, right? (laughs) And so for you junior high kid who's thought that, here's what I did for you. Because I knew somebody would mess up my illustration. I went into the bathroom. And I got some water out of the bathroom. Yeah, y'all know me, come on now. And I'm going to put that in the bathroom water. Because there's a junior high kid who would still have eaten that out of my armpit. (laughs) And here's the deal. That's starting to melt and get all yucky. Seriously, it's looking really good. And here's the thing. I'm going to take that out of that water. And there'd probably still be a junior high boy that would eat it. I'm not going to ask you to. But here's my deal. Somewhere along this whole process, somebody would have said, you know what, now it's dirty. It wasn't dirty before. And when he opened it up and broke the seal, I still would have eaten it. Throw it on the ground, I would have blown it off. Put it in his armpit. Eh, A lot of you had been gone at that point. Drop it in toilet water. And here's my point. I'm not sure when someone says that I don't care about purity, I am convinced that we all care about pure but we may not all draw the line at the same place. You see, when you and I think about life, what happens in life along the way is we oftentimes will value the things that are important to us. But as we walk through life, what happens is we change. We change because of what we're around. You see, I have here a clear picture of water and 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 I thought it was interesting and I nearly did this. I nearly put up on some, uh, some of the slides bacteria and parasites. And here's why. Because we love our water to be pure. If you don't believe that, talk to some of the missionaries in this room who go overseas to Latin American countries and see if they care about drinking the water of the nations and the countries that they go to. I can tell you this, on camping trips through Tennessee, we will make sure that the water is not standing still when we take water to drink. Or if we do, we will boil the water, or there are chlorine tablets to put in the water, or nowadays you can even get a fancy straw to drink water out of a standing pool of water. That's gross. You're just taking him dead bugs, right? Dead bugs. But the idea behind it is this, is because we care... Because we understand if we don't, then we're going to get sick. But here's what happens over time. As we walk through life, we have influences. As we walk through life, we have opportunities to make decisions. And as we make those decisions, those decisions change us. And sometimes those decisions come through relationships with other people. In other words, it would be the situation of individuals who maybe are in a dating relationship and since we're talking about purity, the idea is this. They may lose that purity for whatever reason and they are forever changed because of that influence. For others though, I want you to understand purity, and this is the core of it, purity is not just a physical thing. Purity is the discussion of anything that divides your attention and your devotion towards God. That's what we're defining that as. And it could be a situation where individuals look the part, but they have bad motives. They had mixed motives like the Pharisees in the Sermon on the Mount where they will do certain religious practices, but they are empty in what they mean. You see, for some of us, it's not a physical aspect of the impurity that we struggle with, but it's more of a mental concept. It's the idea of what we put into our brains through music or the idea of what TV shows we watch or even perhaps what we look at on the internet. And what happens over time is that that clear pitcher of water that represented you in the pure form of your birth, all of a sudden, as you grow, it has no resemblance to what you used to be. That's what impurities do to you. Now here's the deal. We care about what we value. And we will preserve what we value. Therefore, what I propose to you today is this, is I I considered this whole dilemma of this idea of I don't care about purity. My default was to throw that on the ground. My default was that everybody cares that we just don't always draw the line at the same place. But we all value what we find as important to us. So therefore, when I ask the question, why would anybody say I don't care about purity? Why, how would anybody come to that conclusion? I have three options for you, or three suggestions for you to consider, and that is this. Number one, that an individual who reaches the conclusion that I don't care about purity, then what they're really saying is this, I do not value God. That's what they're saying. I don't value God. And what interesting about the whole idea of how does someone reach the point of not valuing God is because they don't know who God is. And in this whole concept, there are two categories of individuals that I would like to introduce you to. The first one comes from from Exodus chapter 5. And this is the passage where uh, Pharaoh was, was approached by Moses. And in that particular text, you know, this was the great passage where Moses was going to tell Pharaoh, Pharaoh, the, that God sent me and he told me to tell you to let his people go, right? And Pharaoh's response is the first category. Pharaoh's response are individuals who do not value God. Sometimes they do not value God, quite frankly, because they just don't know him. And that's what Pharaoh says in in Exodus chapter 5 verse 2. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord and besides I will not let Israel go. The truth is there are some people in this life that just don't know God. And therefore when you start talking about well they don't value God, it is a genuine aspect of they just don't know God. But you see, that's not where the majority of us are in this room. The fact that you're here at Yes Weekend tells me that when impurities take hold in your life, you are not in category one, although you could be to an extent where you think you know God, but you don't know God. Most of us, though, are in the second category. And that comes from Romans chapter 1. You see, I love Romans chapter 1. It's the passage oftentimes that we turn to when we start talking about the sin of homosexuality. But I want you to know something. That homosexuality is a consequence of another sin. And that consequence is played out in life, no doubt about it. And is there a real consequence to it? Absolutely. But the sin is brought forth because there is something else. And that is this, Romans chapter 1, verse 21. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks. You see, that's the problem. How does somebody start down a pathway of impurity? Number one, they don't know God. Or number two, they know Him, but they don't honor Him in their life. And so therefore, I I tell you again, the idea is this, that we will preserve what we value. And so when someone says, I don't care about purity, what they're ultimately saying is, I don't care about God. That's probably because they don't know Him. You see, the reality is this. We learn from Exodus chapter 19 that God is a holy God. And that was to play out in the way that His people were supposed to behave amongst the pagan culture as they were going into the land of Canaan. He would tell them that they were to be holy. And the reason that He gave was, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. I am set apart, therefore you are to be set apart. It's hard to argue that I am a God follower when I don't look like God. Not in the sense of of a a deity, but in the characteristic traits that I'm supposed to have as the children of Israel were to have. In other words, you have the opportunity to get involved in certain things, but you're not going to. Why? Because I am the Lord your God. More importantly than that, as of this morning's lesson, though, I want you to see this passage. And that is because the world has sold a bill of lies to many of us. And the bill of lies is this that this world has more to offer you than God ever will. Or what the world has told you is this, why put off till tomorrow what you can enjoy today? And individuals will bask in impurity, and they will say that I don't care about purity, oftentimes because they don't believe that God is able to reward bigger and better than whatever this temporary dwelling can offer. And so they will exchange they will exchange. Have you ever had a bad exchange? Well, I've had some bad exchanges in my life. I, I used to collect baseball cards. No Houston Astros, though. Threw them all away. No, I'm teasing. The idea is though I used to collect baseball cards, and I had a Wade Boggs rookie. Some of you young people are going, I don't know Wade Boggs. Some of you older guys are like, yeah. Wade Boggs rookie card was worth quite a bit of money, but you know what? I wanted a survival knife from Uncle Charlie's flea market in Florence, Alabama, or Killing, Alabama. And so the idea was I was willing to give up what had more value for a knife that fell apart the next week. You ever had a bad exchange? Sometimes people exchange poorly when it comes to spiritual matters too. How would anyone ever reach the conclusion that I don't care about purity? It's because they don't value God. Number two, though, I want you to understand this, they really don't value themselves. I I tell you this, I wish that this part of the lesson was as clear cut as maybe some of the others, but I I will offer this to you. There are individuals that perhaps are even in this room that you don't value yourselves and and you don't know why you don't value yourselves. Part of the background that I have is working with, with children in children's homes and and, and I will tell you this, I've heard the stories of, of dads who will put cigarette butts out on their, their son's arm, and I've seen the scars on his arm. I've heard the stories where mom and dad would get drunk in the back room, or they would be high on, on some type of drug, and they would invite their friend over to sexually abuse their children, knowing it was going on. And you would say, in America, this doesn't happen. And I'm telling you, I've looked the, the young people in the eyes whose parents allowed for that to happen... I've looked the young people in the eyes whose moms would rather have boyfriends and would would love her children. And and when passes were earned on Sundays, she chose to not show up even though the child had earned the right to see his parent. I've, I've looked across the table. I've seen the tears out of guys that have been kicked out of your schools. Not yours, but schools like yours. They've gone to alternative schools, and they're the big tough, rough guys. And when you really get to, to the bottom of the matter, you start listening to why they go down the path that they go down. Why is it that a young girl will give herself to any young man that shows attention? And the reality is this, because they don't value themselves. So you know why they don't value themselves? Because everyone in their life has ever, that they've ever known has wadded them up and thrown them away. And so why should I care about me when no one else does? That's the attitude. And I will tell you this, it takes you down a road where, where if you don't value yourself because you don't understand who you are outside of the people in your life, then you're forever going to be looking for answers of why am I not worth more than a piece of garbage that my parents allowed this, or this guy treated me this way, or this, this group of friends pressured me that way. And so oftentimes what happens is this, if I have no value, then why would I behave as if I cared? hard part is where it's a gut punch is they don't know who they are in the eyes of God. Because God sees more value in you than you even see in yourselves. I want you to look over at Psalm 8. I want you to read this with me this morning. And I want you to see these points that come out of this passage. And there are a lot of pa- pa- places that we could have gone to in the, the Scriptures to show how God views you. But I want you to see this out of one passage because... Frankly, I'm just trying to get something to stick here. And that is this. God sees more in you than you see in you. And your value is not placed within you based upon how other people have treated you. The Bible says this in Psalm 8 beginning with verse 4. What is man that you take thought of him? And the son of man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than God and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. I turn here because of the question, what is man that you take thought of him? And from that one scripture, we see that God places severe value in your life. Not only did He create you in His image, not only did He, he love you enough that He gave His only begotten Son to die on the cross for you, do you understand that He is the one that crowns, He is the one that makes, He is the one that placed man in the position in the garden that He did and, and in the existence in this world as He has. And, and you look at yourself and you say, but Joe, He's done that for everybody, and I would offer that means that you have severe value too. Sometimes we, we believe value is comparable. He's worth more. Why is he worth more? Well, he does better on the football field. He does better on the basketball court. Why is she worth more? Because she has the attention of the guy. She looks pretty. Da, 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 da. And what we'll do is this. We will compare our value and our worth with everyone else we see around you. Here's the good news today. When God looks upon all of us, he values you as the most important thing. You say, Joe, how do you know? Here's how I know. Because God's so loved. I looked that word up, not loved, I looked the word so up. Do you know what that word is? It's a connecting word that will will amplify the loving aspect based upon the example and the demonstration. And so how did God love? Well, He so loved. Well, how does that link? Here's, Here's how that links. He gave His only Son, only begotten Son for you. And some unfortunately, some unfortunately hear that and they say, But Joe, that that doesn't change anything. And I hate to tell you this, then you don't understand Jesus. That's exactly why the Hebrew people became apathetic and the letter to the Hebrews was written because they didn't understand Jesus. He had to reintroduce them to Jesus. Maybe that's where you are today. Number one, How could someone walk down the path and say, I don't care about purity? Number one, because they don't value God. Number two, because they don't value themselves. But number three, I would offer this to you. Because they don't value their eternal reward. You know, when you think about this concept of reward, I will tell you, and I will show you this as as time is ticking away, in in this concept of judgment that will be rendered for all, you have a reward of one of two places. And that one of two places, you know that eternity is going to be a long time. And it's either going to be heaven or it's going to be hell. And you can see the descriptions between the two. And when I say that someone doesn't value their eternal destination, they don't value their eternal reward, it's because they are short-sighted individuals will get wrapped up in impurities because they're not thinking long term. And I would offer this to you. They're not thinking long term when it comes to future relationships. They're not thinking long term when it comes to uncomfortable conversations that they're going to have to have with their wife. They're not thinking long term about conversations that they're going to have to have with their children. They're not thinking long term about conversations when their kids say, Dad, have you ever seen that movie? And the teenage boy who grew up watching everything and playing everything is either going to have to lie to his kids or be honest. They're not thinking long term. Young ladies aren't thinking about when they have to talk to their future daughters about about purity and and their daughter's going to look up at them and say, Mama, were you pure when you married married Daddy? They're not thinking that. You know why? Because we are short-sighted. And if we're that short-sighted, then we're also not thinking about eternity. We're not thinking that the things that I get wrapped up in now that change me From this to this actually matter in eternity. Because all I can see is, man, that's fun now. I want to get wrapped up in that now. So the question that comes to my mind is this. Once an individual walks down the pathway and and they claim that they don't care about eternity, can they ever come back? Well, I've got good news for you today. And that good news is this, it's always possible for you to come back because God offers, due to His nature, He has grace and He has mercy. And what happens is this, that God comes along and He says, you know what, for all of those who desire to change, I offer my grace. He says this though, the mercy that's in my life compels me that when I sent Jesus to die on the cross... To save them of their sins, I really meant not some of their sins, I meant all of their sins. And what happens is this, as He pours grace and as He pours mercy, we start to see the colors change in our life. Now, here's the reality, time doesn't allow this to play out. Some of you are going, what did He do? I put bleach and baking soda in here. And here's what happens over time, the bleach starts to work and the baking soda starts to help the oxidation to where what once was a dirty, nasty color becomes clear once again. Do you understand today that that's what the blood of Jesus can do in your life? Aaron? I think I just made your dream come true. She hates the shirt and she hoped I spilled bleach on it today. I may just have. But the idea is this, that in your life today... I need you to understand something. That you can't become so nasty that God can't make you pure again. Did you hear me say that? And so here's the deal. As I think about, as I think about who is God, and I think about who am I, and I think about what is my reward, I, I hope that on the front of that card you've answered those questions. But now I want you to turn the card over. And here's what I want you to write. Because this is the dilemma, right? This is, this is the crossroad that I'm at this morning. I asked my family last night, I said, let me describe an illustration to you, and you see if you can guess who I'm talking about. There was a man that looked upon a woman that was very, very beautiful. He had the opportunity to make all of his dreams come true physically with the lust of the flesh... Who am I talking about? You know what's quite interesting is that I didn't hear any of you say Joseph. And then I studied out the concept of purity. What I saw were similarities between David and Joseph. Both of them looked upon a beautiful woman. There's no doubt both of them were regular men and they would have been drawn to beauty but one of them called and he brought a woman that wasn't his wife to him and he, he engaged in impurity and the other one ran away to avoid impurity. And my question is why? Why did one stay when the other one ran? And then I'm faced with this dilemma. Why do I stay sometimes instead of running? So, on the back of your card, here's what I want you to write. If I'm going to ask other people, why is it that you could walk around in such a way that would boast about not caring about purity? Then I would say this it's because you don't value God, so let me tell you who God is. I would say it's because you don't value yourself. So let me tell you how valuable you are in the eyes of God. And I would say it's because you don't value your eternity. So let me tell you that you have an option between heaven and hell. So now that I've given you that information, that ought to make all the difference in the world, right? So here's what I want you to write on the back of your card. Knowing the information that's on the front of your card, if you so choose, on the back of your card, I want you to write, why then do you at times live as if you don't care about purity. I'm not saying you're going around sleeping with everybody. That's not what I said. I'm not saying you're fooling around with everybody. Impurity is not only the physical. Impurity happens mentally. Impurity happens in the songs that you listen to that you know are not God-honoring. Impurity happens when you watch television shows that celebrate sin. Impurity occurs when you pay money to go watch a movie that you know good and well that God is not smiling at His children going into. So what I want you to do if you so choose, on the back of your card, you tell me why. Why would somebody ever walk around and say, you know what, I don't care about purity. And again, I would bring you back to the conclusion, I believe every one of us does. I just don't believe all of us draw the line at the same place. Because even when I've asked those questions... ...some of you have already started to justify... ...and you've started to say this... ...Joe, God really doesn't care what music I listen to... ...because it's just music. Some of you have even said, I don't listen to the lyrics... ...I only listen to the beat. And some of you have even said this... ...and some of you are adults who said this... ...I can disassociate between what I watch... ...from real life... ...therefore what I watch really has no impact on me. And I would ask you to quit being so foolish... ...and open your eyes to the lies of Satan... Satan doesn't care that you're here today. Can I kindly tell you that? You didn't win a victory by coming here today. As long as what we talk about today doesn't change you. Satan could care less that you're here. Same thing when you go to Bible class. Same thing when you go to worship. The question is this, have you bought the lies of Satan? You see, because ultimately that's where the the compromise occurs first. That's where the compromise occurred with David. That's where the compromise occurred with Eve. And you go throughout all of the text and what you're going to find is this. Compromise uh, first occurs internally and then it pours forth externally. And so how do you remain pure? Where do you start? You start with understanding what's the most valuable thing that God has given to you. The New Testament will say what will a man exchange for his soul... What would a man gain in exchange for his soul? The Old Testament says this, there's a place that the springs of your life flow from, and that's your heart. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather be dark and ugly and muggy on the inside, or would you rather be pure again? This morning, somebody is thinking to themselves, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I, I could change my habits. Man, I know I need to change my habits. I just, you know, it's just music, Joe. And I get in and I hit play and I'm mindless about it. And, and I would offer this to you. Then Satan's already desensitized you. Somebody's saying, I, I wish I hadn't done that. And here's the reality. I wish I hadn't done a lot of things in my life. But you simply sitting there wishing that you had not done them doesn't change the fact that you did... And it does not embrace the loving Savior. You see, the prodigal son could have stayed in the pig pen and said this, Man, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't asked my father for all my inheritance. I wish I hadn't had left him and left the farm. But that's not what he did. What he did is he said this, I'm going home. I'm going home. And I'm going to talk with my father. And you know what the father did? The Father received the one who came home. This morning, if you're ready to be made pure again because impurity has saturated your life, if you're ready to be embraced by the Father once again because you have been living a life that has demonstrated I don't care about purity, then the good news is this. We're going to sing a song and you can come forward. There will be individuals here to greet you. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to do what we can to help you. But one thing that we cannot do in order to help you is you cannot hide in the pew and pretend that the back of that card and the answer that you were supposed to write, but you were too afraid to write, doesn't haunt you as you go throughout this day. If you're ready to lay it down, if you're ready to become a child of God today, why don't you come forward as together we stand and as we sing.